Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, who already knows what the new year holds, who knows what joys or sorrows await each one of us on our paths in this life, who knows who will be born and even who will pass away in the upcoming year, who holds all of our breath in thy hands. It is good that we would pause and think very carefully of eternal things and look into thy word, that timeless rock that the winds and waves of time cannot batter or destroy. Be with us now, dear Lord, and bless us as we look together into thy word. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. As my brother was meditating this morning, my thoughts turn to a passage in Genesis. If you'll turn there with me, Genesis chapter 32. I would like to read partway through that. I'm going to read from verses 9 through 12 and then skip ahead. Genesis 32, starting at verse 9. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saidst unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all, thy, all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, and from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And thou saidst, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. I'd like to move ahead to verse 22. And he, that's Jacob, rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go. For the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, 
but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. I selected this chapter for a couple reasons. This was a watershed moment in Jacob's life. He had done many things before this. He had seen many things, experienced many things. But from this night, it was going to be different for him. Many people will get together this evening. They'll celebrate the departure of the old year and the beginning of the new. There'll be things like proposals delivered at the stroke of midnight. There'll be toasts, champagne maybe, get-togethers with friends. to mark the passage of the old into the new. This was a very different kind of event. Jacob sent over everything he had. The other side, that ford there, a ford is a place where you can cross a river where it's not very deep. It's safe to cross there, so he sent over his cattle, he sent over his family, he sent over his children. He was left alone. I've often thought, well, why, why did he stay there alone? I think he knew that he had unfinished business with God. Perhaps that accurately reflects some of you gathered here this afternoon. You have unfinished business with God. Maybe you've even got to the point where you've sent over everything you've had. If you remember Jacob's life, material things were very important to him. He wanted to uh, stay close to the tents at home. He wanted to inherit uh, not only the birthright but the blessing as well, that he would have abundance and that he would be the one that would be blessed. It's interesting to see, though, that as time passed through his life, those material things became less and less important to him, and he realized instead the spiritual truth behind the blessings of God. Perhaps there are some here that have also reached this conclusion. 
that have come to the conclusion that the physical things cannot satisfy. Eventually, to have more is just to add more to the pile, but really doesn't change you. And the expectation that, well, once I reach this milestone, then I'll have it. Then I'll, then I'll, then I'll, I'll be satisfied. And you get there and you find that it, too, is empty. Once I complete school, once I have a job, once I have a house, once I have whatever, pick your mark. Eventually, each one of us needs to be alone with God. And each one needs to do what Jacob did. This man that met Jacob was no ordinary man. Jacob realized this. The interesting thing about Jacob is he had seen angels before. So he recognized this man. Some think that this was a pre-incarnate Christ that met him. I'm not sure. But he definitely represented God there to Jacob. Jacob was not willing to go any further in his life until he knew that he had the blessing of God. And he knew about the promises of God. He had received those. At Peniel, he had that vision of the, of the stair to heaven and these angels coming down and going back up again. He had the assurance of God that he was going to take him back to his land, to his kindred, that he would keep him in his wanderings. But the promises of God somehow were not quite enough for Jacob. And maybe that's the way it is for some here. You see the promises of God and God's word. In fact, you see the benefits of a godly heritage and a godly lifestyle and a godly family. But you don't have that relationship with God. You don't have that assurance in your soul that he has blessed you. It's hard to face the future without that assurance. I think this man that Jacob saw was ready to leave. And Jacob wouldn't let him go. I don't think Jacob was trying to overpower this man like a wrestling match would traditionally uh, be seen. You know, two opponents, one trying to gain the advantage and throw the other to the ground. I think these were, the, these were the actions of a desperate man clinging to this man. That's the only way that the lesser can have advantage on the greater. I see it with my kids, too. If, it talks, if it's simply a measure of power, I can overpower them. But if they cling to me and hold to me, it takes quite a bit to get them off sometimes. I'm not worried that they're going to overpower me somehow. But when they cling to me, I think that gives, gives me a little bit better understanding of what this was like. This man, I think, was definitely at least an angel of the Lord. 
And Jacob would not let this man go without a blessing. You think, oh, wait a minute. Didn't he just finish saying that he went over alone with his staff? And now he's coming back with two great bands of, of animals and family. He went away empty. He's coming back full now. Hadn't he already got a blessing from God that he acknowledged? No, there was more to this. The angel asked Jacob his name. The names in the Old Testament were a mark of identity. Your name was who you were. Not something that could be easily changed. Your name was who you were. It described something about you, about your character, and where you were from. Jacob has an interesting history. His name means supplanter, literally heel catcher. When him and his, his brother Esau were born, Jacob grabbed out of the womb onto the heel of Esau as Esau was being pulled from his mother. Jacob grabbed his brother's heel and was pulled along with it. And that was the story of his life, grasping, grasping at things. Whether it was the blessing or the birthright, whether it was to amass flocks and herds for himself too, whether it was to get that perfect girl, he would figure out a way to make it happen. And now there was something that he could not have. He could not grab on to himself. He had no way of securing it for himself. But he had learned by this point the source of blessing. He had seen it working already in his father Isaac and his grandfather Abraham. He had heard the stories. He realized now that the blessing was not about material things. Abraham had that. And yet he said, what good is all of this to me if it's all going to go to my right-hand servant? He realized that the blessing was a spiritual one and he could do nothing. He had no leverage to obtain that. There was no trickery that would get him the thing that he really wanted. The only thing he could do was beg. So he grabbed a hold of that angel and he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The angel asked him his name. The irony in that statement of course, his father had done the same thing many, many years before. He said, who are you, my son? He said, I'm Esau. He lied. In his deception, to get something, he told a falsehood. I think we can all relate to that to some degree, can't we? To get what we, what we want, we sometimes misrepresent ourselves to other people. <clears throat> There's a lot in this world that comes from that. Men have written books on it, too. How to gain influence over other people. Show, something, show them the side that they want to see. Get the sale. Make it happen. Jacob knew all about that. But there was no hiding now. He was dealing with an angel of God. He said, I'm Jacob. I'm the trickster.
then something very interesting happens. Let me just read it so I don't misquote it. Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. A new identity for Jacob. A new start. A new beginning. No longer being the guy that has to trick people to get what he wants. But now a prince, one that has royalty, that has a position conferred upon him by a king. The trickster could never have enough, but the prince was secure in his identity being connected with the king. Is that what you want? Are you going to worry about measuring yourself against other people? and seeing if you've got enough. Trying to get, a, get ahead on your, own, on your own merits, by your own ambitions. That'll wither, that'll fade. But to be a prince with God, to have a heritage that is eternal, that's not gonna fade away. Now that's a worthwhile position. There's another scene from later on in Jacob's life that always sticks in my mind as a, as a very poignant one. I can almost picture it in my head. Jacob, now the old man, the patriarch, goes in to see Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he goes in with his staff because, of course, he's now limping because of his wrestling with the angel. And he goes in to see the one who was the master of the known world in that area, whose word was life and death, who was considered to be even a god while he was living. And this old sheep herder blesses Pharaoh. Few and evil have been my years, and I have not attained to the stature of my father. He realized, I think, the wasted years, the time that he could have spent in communion with the God that his grandfather Abraham knew and the one that his father Isaac knew. And instead, he had run after empty pleasures. At this time of year, we are given to reflection. We pass from one year to another. We think of what was, we think of what may be. What will define your life in 2018? Will you be known by your old name? Or will you receive a new one? Will it be more of the same? Or will you put on a new identity? 
See, from the outside, it looks like Jacob came off poorly. From the outside, people looked at him and said, he didn't limp before, he's limping now. But on the inside, what had happened? Everything had changed. Everything had changed. He was no longer the man that he was before. And he was happy to take that trade. To be a prince with God, to have power, not just influence, but power with God and with man. That's a position of security. That's a position of contentment. You never need to second guess your position when you know you're right with God. Then what men can do to you doesn't matter. Jacob asked him his name. I'm not really sure why. Perhaps some additional confirmation. He just simply said, my name's secret. Why are you asking that? And he blessed him. Faith. That's what was going to be required from Jacob. Do you believe now in the blessing of God? You've had this experience. In fact, you have a physical token in your own body that you've experienced this. Are you going to take up that new identity? Receive that blessing. You know, when he was with Laban, he tried to keep the best for himself. He even had a scheme whereby the, the, the ones who were stronger he would select for his own flock and the ones that were weaker were Laban's. But now, now this man is a prince. He doesn't have to worry about clinging on to a few extra sheep. He freely gives them to his brother. He doesn't grasp at them. He had been given the promise that his, his brothers would bow down to him. Yet he bows down seven times to his brother Esau as he sees him coming. He calls him my Lord. He realized that the blessings of God are not the physical blessings, the things that you can touch, the things that you can consume. Those are of, of, of little importance. The important things in this life, because they go on to the life to come, are the spiritual ones. So in conclusion, what will you run after this year? What will define you? What name will you go by? For those that have experienced this, this desperate wrestling, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Are we going to walk as a, as a prince or a princess with God? knowing who our Father is, knowing who the source of everything is, knowing who, who really holds the real wealth? Or are we going to be tricksters, ones who wear masks and disguises to try to get what we want, realizing that it will never be enough?
what will define us? And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. His life was preserved, and his life was forever changed. If we have seen God face to face, if we have experienced his grace, if we have taken on a new nature, we cannot help but be different. We've heard a lot today about considering our own life and the things that we do, the things that define us. But the rest now is up to us. Will we wrestle with the Lord to obtain that blessing? Will we live differently as a result of that wrestling? Will the world see us maybe as a bit of an oddity, one who limps in this world, but even in limping, carries himself as a prince with God? May the Lord bless these few words. The brother has a hymn. Please go ahead. I guess in closing, the only thing I'd like to add is, who are you really? Who are you really? When you're alone, alone with God, who are you? It's not worth going forward until you've wrestled with that. It's not worth going forward until you've wrestled with God. Jacob could have gone over the brook, stuck with his strategy. Two groups, just in case the men attack the one group, the other can get away. He could have hedged his bets and stay, stayed even behind the groups to see what Esau would do and know whether he needed to flee or not. But that was no good. He was done running. He needed to wrestle with God. It seems like it took a lot of effort on Jacob's part But that was only dealing with himself. The good news, the gospel is that the battle has already been fought. The war has been won. In Hebrews, you can read about resting in the completed work of Christ. It doesn't need to be so hard for you. You don't need to struggle. That's the good news. But as long as you are trying to deceive yourself, as long as you're not real with God, there can be no true path forward. So I'd like to encourage everyone in this time of the year where we do some self-evaluation, when we look back over the past year and consider the year ahead, who are you really?
If you're a Christian, act like one. Live like one. Show the world what a Christian looks like. Can't do it on your own? That's okay. We've been given his spirit. He is willing to guide us in all righteousness. For those of you that have seen, perhaps like Jacob did, seen the blessing of God on a godly family, seen the benefits and the peace that comes with living a life, trusting in him, Face who you are. Wrestle with God. Don't let him go until he blesses you. May the Lord add whatever was lacking to the word, and this concludes our service. Amen.